Chapter Forty of the Apostle of Alaska: The Story of William Duncan of Metlakatla by John W. Arctander. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. The Metlakatla Industries. Mr. Duncan's books show that the sum total of the business transacted in his industrial enterprises at Metlakatla, covering the store, the sawmill, and the cannery, from the beginning in 1887 up to the 1st of July 1908, was not less than $900,937.31. From these gross proceeds, he has, during the same time, paid in wages to the natives the sum of $481,043. The difference between these sums does not, of course, represent the profits of the enterprise. Out of the gross proceeds, the stock and the store, every year renewed, must be paid. Also tin and soldering materials for the millions of cans for the cannery, boats, nets, machinery, lacquering materials and labels, heavy freight bills, insurance of the pack at seattle no insurance premiums being paid at metlakatla and a liberal commission to the house handling and selling the pack during all these years mr duncan has not only been the preacher and pastor and most of the time the only physician of the village without pay or hire and to a certain extent at least schoolmaster of the young but also the manager bookkeeper timekeeper general overseer and cashier of this extensive business and in addition to all this he is the counsellor of every man woman and child the arbiter of all their little troubles the comforter in their sorrows and adversity the adviser on all matters of policy economy and health both private and public the sawmill and planing mill by employing loggers as well as sawyers and mill hands have contributed a good deal towards furnishing many in the village with their means of subsistence but it is on the cannery that mr duncan mainly relies for employing the idle hands of the village at a fair compensation it is a great pity that this business can be carried on only for a short time during the year the canning process is practically limited to two months july and august when the salmon are running as it is called for the benefit of those who know nothing about the life and habits of the salmon let me explain the salmon is hatched in some freshwater lake the headwaters of some little stream where the spawn is deposited after living for some months in this lake the young salmon gradually works its way down the stream towards the ocean and disappears no one knows where it goes to or where it dwells only this is known in four years it attains full size it then returns by thousands yea by millions to the same stream leading to the same lake where it was once hatched footnote how is it able to find the exact way through thousands of miles of ocean how can it locate the stream whence it came how can it distinguish it from others just like it no one has attempted to explain but it is a settled fact each stream in alaska has its peculiar salmon coming to it and up it and no other young salmon have been marked and found to return to their native lake never in a single instance has a marked salmon been found in the wrong stream what a lesson in the guiding force of an almighty power End of footnote it gradually works its way up the stream jumping up the waterfalls from rock to rock often leaping as high as seven feet in one jump 
sometimes the first effort fails then it tries and tries again until successful onward and upward it progresses until it reaches the breeding ground in its native lake sore and torn dishevelled and disfigured from its rocky path from its enervating exhausting efforts to get there when arriving at the spawning ground the first work undertaken is that of the male burrowing with its nose and pushing his body again and again into the sand he makes deep furrows so after a while the spawning ground looks as if a plough had gone over it then comes the turn of the female she places herself in the furrow and deposits the spawn the male then fertilizes it this done she covers it with her wriggling tail with sand the life work of the salmon is now ended and it is ready to die these lakes soon become filled with putrid fish emitting such an odor that it is almost impossible to approach them some of the salmon have life enough left to wriggle themselves down the stream but most of these die before they reach the ocean those that do get back die there and are washed ashore by the tide it is when approaching these their native streams in large shoals the salmon are caught in nets or seines or traps by the fishermen and brought to the canneries some time after they have touched fresh water varying according to the distance they have to travel upstream they become soft and flabby and unfit to eat in the different streams the estuaries of which the cannery at metlakatla draws upon for its salmon there are four different kinds of salmon running the red salmon the sockeye in tsimshian mesho the medium red salmon the coho in tsimshian gua the pink salmon or the humpback in tsimshian shtamaun and the white salmon called chum or dog salmon in tsimshian kanish the latter though a very good salmon but not so fat as the others is put up only in a very limited extent at metlakatla japan has been the single market for it until lately when it has with considerable success been introduced in the south where it seems to suit better as the hot climate makes a dry fish preferable to an oily one the first work done in a cannery is in the spring and early summer when the cans are manufactured as the capacity of the machinery at metlakatla enables it to pack twenty thousand cases of salmon consisting of forty-eight pound cans each nearly one million tin cans must first be made also twenty thousand boxes of planed boards this work employs a force of about one hundred men and boys for about two months at wages varying from one to two dollars per day immediately after the fourth of july the fishermen are started out with their boats and nets and the steamers make their daily rounds of from forty to seventy miles to gather up the salmon catch and bring it to the cannery there it first goes through the hands of the cutters who remove the head tail and fins and disembowel the fish it is then turned over to the cleaners who clean it thoroughly in two running waters whereupon it is cut up into proper lengths on a machine and delivered in trays to the women who put it in cans the cans after being filled are wiped clean and a spring cover put on them then the cover is soldered and the cans put in the boiler for the first cooking after this first cooking a hole is punched in each can to allow all the air to escape then the hole is immediately filled up again with solder and the can replaced in the boiler for its second cooking after being thoroughly cleaned and all grease and oil removed they are allowed to cool 
they are then thoroughly tested by experts who tap each can and by the sound can determine if there is a leak in any one can all leaks are set aside and carefully examined until the leak is found when it is closed with solder in most canneries the cans are now at once lacquered labelled and marketed not so at metlakatla the lacquer will often temporarily close a leak after a while however the leak reappears and the result is a more or less spoilt can of salmon when it reaches the consumer in order to obviate this the cans at metlakatla are after cooling piled up till the season is over then they are again tested new leaks closed up and then and only then are they lacquered and labelled put into cases and made ready for the steamer to be by it carried to the commission house in seattle kelly clark and company who finally dispose of them to the wholesale trade the entire work in the cannery at metlakatla is done by the indians under the constant supervision of mr duncan from early morn till late at night the people who do the work are scrupulously clean none other are allowed to handle the salmon tables floors and trays are scoured and cleaned thoroughly every day so that after a day's work is done one on peeking into the cannery would not know but that it was one's own kitchen he was poking his nose into there are canneries where putrid salmon is put into cans the chinese are under contract to fill them and they have no very bothersome consciences of course mr duncan could not tolerate such conduct for a moment in his cannery once in a while one comes across to sick salmon this can always be discovered by the touch of the human hand in most canneries the filling is done by machinery which of course takes the salmon whether it be sick or well not so at metlakatla any piece from a sick salmon is at once discarded and goes into a pail under the table then again a time comes when the salmon becomes flabby and not in prime condition this is towards the end of the season when the salmon is running the strongest as soon as this is the case mr duncan closes his cannery not another salmon is allowed to be canned i have known seasons where he closes his cannery quite fourteen days earlier than any one of the other canneries in that part of the world it is his ambition that every can of metlakatla salmon shall be up to its reputation as the best salmon canned in alaska we can form an idea of the honesty and care with which his mr duncan's business is transacted all through when we hear that every can when filled is placed upon a pair of scales on the other scale of which is a tin can with a pound weight in it every can must tip that scale if it does not it is returned to the filler for more salmon and then weighed again before it is accepted he is bound to give an honest pound of salmon in every can there is your old genuine yorkshire business honesty for you some years ago a friend of mine from minneapolis came to metlakatla on the spokane after having made a tour of alaska after we had been around and inspected the buildings and the church he mentioned that after having visited the salmon canneries he had made up his mind never to eat another meal of canned salmon he could not do it have you been through the cannery here no i took him along it so happened that the entire force was at work and i let him thoroughly inspect the whole process from beginning to end when we went down to the dock he said i am glad you showed me this i will make an exception of metlakatla salmon but i will eat no other neither do i 
the brands manufactured at metlakahtla are one the mission brand red salmon two the metlakahtla brand medium red salmon and three the buckle brand pink salmon they all have on the label somewhere packed by the metlakahtla industrial company at metlakahtla alaska as the label of the old corporation has not been changed the total pack from eighteen ninety one to the end of the season in nineteen o seven was two hundred and forty seven thousand three hundred forty four cases or nearly twelve million cans a manufactured product from over six thousand tons of salmon the fishermen employed by mr duncan and they are of course all metlakatlans are paid by the fish and can earn from three to five dollars per day i have seen as many as ten thousand salmon handled in one day the last of the salmon being ready for the first boiling in ten hours the women filling cans are also paid by the piece and can make from two to two dollars and fifty cents a day the cutters the cleaners the men around the boilers and the testers are paid wages of from two to three dollars per day the women who wipe the cans get one dollar per day the girls who put the covers on them an equal sum and boys working at different jobs piling cans etc from fifty to seventy-five cents per day as very often three or four members of a family are employed the total earnings are quite a bit even if the season is short the total number on the payroll during the canning season proper varies from one hundred and eighty to two hundred and fifty in nineteen o eight it was only one hundred and eighty-five until the pack is sold or at least until new year mr duncan pays his employees only in coupons good at his general store at new year any balance coming to them is paid in cash this year he has promised his people to introduce the profit-sharing element in his cannery business if there is any profit from the pack which is not a certainty by any means as for three years in succession some years ago the business proved an absolute loss he will after the season distribute one half of the net profits between the cannery employees including the fishermen in proportion to the wages earned by them already as all the inhabitants of metlakahtla cannot find employment in its industries a number seek work at other places at canneries and sawmills especially during the summer season what mr duncan is looking for and hopes to accomplish in time is the operation of so many additional industries and such extension of those already going that the whole population can find steady employment on the island all the year round small as their wages are and limited as the capacity for employment is yet a good many of the metlakatlans have managed to save quite a little sum from their earnings one of their number not long ago consulted me in regard to the most profitable investment of two thousand dollars and several of them to my knowledge have a few hundred dollars laid by. End of chapter 40